All right, I got it. You ready? I'm ready. What's up, Krubies? Welcome to HMC Studios Presents. This is Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. I think I said that right. I am joined once again by Felicia Connor from Two Chicks in a Horror Flick. Hello, Felicia. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. Like I just said, you're like the guinea pig for all these. I get these crazy ideas and I'm like, who is wild enough to jump in these with me? And you're the first one that comes to mind every time. I'm honored. <laughs> I am always ready to have a conversation with you. So oh. whenever you send out, hey, well, let's try this. Okay. <laughs> Especially this. I was really excited to talk about this with somebody. Well, I'm glad because you are actually the reason I dove headfirst into it because I think usually I wait for somebody, not always, but sometimes I wait for somebody in our like little group to mention something about a show or a movie because there's just so much content available now that I think you were the first one that said, has anybody watched this Dahmer series? And I was like, no, but now I have to. And I think I plowed right through it. Oh, yeah. Nice. I think, yeah, when I started and I shared with our little group, I was like, oh, wow, it's rough. I don't think I could binge it. And then I binged it. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, this show, I remember because you had made multiple mentions about it. Like it it definitely resonated with you, did it not? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was just blown away by to the acting to start just because there's a lot and uh hopefully we'll get to talk about it there's a lot of different controversies and different things but just to start so the audience knows i am talking about the show itself <laughs> like the show and how it was and i just was blown away by it the acting to me was phenomenal i didn't really know who evan peters was i don't watch a lot of the american horror story okay i always start them and then drop off yes so i didn't really know who he was but um i think you mark tawny were all like oh well it has him in it so it's got to be good i was just so blown away by him i've been binging his movies and his shows and his content ever since i watched Dahmer. i thought it was one of the best it was in my opinion the best uh story about Dahmer that's been made and i just really could not shut up about it <laughs> Have you seen the 2002 or 2006 movie with Jeremy Renner, Dahmer? Yeah. How does that compare to this show? For me, I think that this one really adds this heartbreaking element because you get to know and care for the victims. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to watch. And I think that's why a lot of people are struggling with it, among other things. But it, you know... A show can say really focus on the shock and the the disgust and the horror, right? Jeffrey Dahmer killed and ate 17 men. Mm-hmm. And obviously you feel like, oh, that sucks for those guys. You know, but like <laughs> there's no, I mean, you care, but right. there's not like this attachment. And now you're getting to know these victims and their families. And you just, it's so heartbreaking because you know them. You don't know them as 17 men, right? right. You know them as uh you know tony or ricky or now you know them by name and i thought it was really powerful evan peters is i just i can't stop (laughs) i'm gonna get his name tattooed to me he's so fucking good that's what also makes it really really intense he's so good and his dad and okay i'm sorry like 
No, I just this think is it was exactly great. why I wanted to have this conversation with you is because, like I said, I, you were all about the show, and I had mentioned um, a thought I had after it was over. I just it was a really short text message that we had sent, and you were like, "Oh no!" Like it almost made it sound like I didn't like it, which I I did like it, but I do have some qualms with it, which I know we'll get into. Um, but to mirror what you just said, Evan Peters is I had first saw him in America. I think it was American Horror Story is where I know knew him from originally, which Ryan Murphy is a writer for American Horror Story. Um, and it's funny you say that because Abby and I are the same way. Like we'll get into a season of that and then just drop off. And I kind of feel, and I know we're going to get into it, not like into an argument, but into discussion about it is that I kind of feel like this show has that Ryan Murphy effect to where it starts off so great. And I was so invested. And then it just in the, toward the end of it, it's just like, it almost like it was three episodes too long to me. Mm. It didn't feel that way to me. (laughs) I remember like, even at the very end when he died, I would, okay. The, Okay, I'm just going to say it. I was crying, but not for him. Like, yeah. I was not sad that he died, but his parents, they just made everyone so real, so human. Mm-hmm. So just even his parents, what they were going through and finding out, like, he did these horrible things. Now he's dead and how devastated they were. I was crying. See, that's a good, that's a great first place to start because I think a lot of the problem I have and as you know we've had this discussion before I'm very character driven I have to have somebody to root for and I feel like with this show there's nobody with the victims obviously but we kind of already knew what their fate was just based on the story of Jeffrey Dahmer right but that I, I could not stand his dad. I thought his dad was awful. He was not there. He, I mean, I get the controversy around it, but the mom was a drug addict. She like, they left this kid alone and allowed him to, to dive into alcoholism and left him with these thoughts of, of inadequacy and that he couldn't be who he really was inside and couldn't come out as, as what he was. So he did all these horrific things, which is a question I have for you later is if, if he was able to, to have that conversation with somebody, would he have, would it have resulted in what it did? But I feel like when you're saying you felt bad for the mom and the dad, and I was just like, how can they be upset? This is legitimately, in my opinion, mostly their fault. Well, I mean, that's a a tough conversation as well, because there are people that have been real shitty parents and the kids uh, have been abused or people who have experienced abuse and neglect and do not become serial killers. That's true. Very true. I would say it's a high probability that they do not become serial killers. Yeah, I I agree. I think the majority (laughs) don't. The majority may have some anger issues. They may struggle as a parent themselves. Um, until they, you know, heal, get a handle on that or what have you. But majority do not become <laughs> serial killers. <laughs> we just want to throw that out there. <laughs> and I think I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, his parents were shitty and self-centered. The way everything was just about themselves, and they just left him there. I really did see that character arch with his dad, though, where as he was getting older, he was trying to be present for him, mm-hmm. and and didn't really know how either and really wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and then like that scene for example when he got out of um he was in oh yeah the rehab Mm -hmm. 
And he's like, what did they talk to you about? What did they cancel you on? He's like, oh, nothing. I pretty much kept to myself. And he went down the hallway and want, wanted to cry because he really hoped that this right. was going to be a chance. And and it, he made all these mistakes when Jeffrey was young. Probably feels really hard now as an adult. How does he inject himself in to Jeffrey's life, wanting to be a good dad? Jeffrey is kind of weird. Anyways, like how do they yeah. connect? I just really thought I thought he did a phenomenal job that dad. I'm not saying he was dad of the year. I'm just saying he was a dad. See, I wanted up. I wanted to root for the dad being a dad, right? And I and mm-hmm. I can understand and I liked how they brought in that aspect later where he's finally admitted that when he was Jeffrey's age, he also had those same feelings and those same thoughts and uh, obviously didn't act on them, but I think he also felt like because of the uh, roadkill dissection stuff. And he kind of introduced Jeffrey to that and made him feel like it was okay to do those things that I think he really felt at fault for what happened. And I agree with you. I think he was really upset when he picked him up from rehab and he was really hoping he had gotten uh, counseling or something to help him with what he was going through. And then he's, you know, like you said, he was like, no, basically they just leave you alone and he was really upset. I think he was thought he was going to get the counseling or the help that he couldn't give him as a dad or that he failed to give him as a dad. And I was thought at that point, I was like, okay, this is where his real character arc is going to happen. That's where you're going to see it. And then after Jeffrey gets convicted, the dad is like writing a book and he's like, Oh, I'm like trying to get famous off of this whole thing. I thought I was like, wait a minute, this guy didn't change at all. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So after, because he was with him right by his side. And I think someone suggested to him, you should write a book about what happened. And it seemed like there had been a bit of time after he was convicted. And Mm -hmm. he thought, you know what, I will share this story. And a lot of I don't know him either. And this is just based on the show. So but a lot of this like inner uh like introspection is that even a word but he's like looking at himself did he even really have those thoughts like if we can think oh man i i hate that person i want to kill him so now was he thinking like maybe i really did want to kill people and i did this and he's looking at all these different things the taxidermy and he's i i thought he showed the actor was really great in showing how bad he felt and how he was looking about how he contributed definitely the mom mm-hmm. but he was also not just blaming it on her he was taking on what he thought how he contributed to it as well so then after all of this now he's like you know what someone had mentioned to write a book and yeah i'll write a book jeffrey's in jail he did seem a little bit like yeah this is what, but how much time had passed at that point i mean it's good that he's kind of moving on I don't know. It I was see, the it was the point at, in which he found out he wasn't going to make any money off the book. They were going to give all of the money to the victims' families, which to me made sense. If you're going to profit off, if anybody's going to profit off of this, it should probably be the people that lost the most, which were those families. For sure. And he was pissed. He was like, "Oh, what? What? What do you mean? I'm not. I'm not going to make a dime off of this." It's like you shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that would but no no I agree with you I think also on that side is that he's putting all this effort into it and it's his story right that in the way they're like no every single cent 
Like, I wonder what the reaction would be like. The right thing to do would be to give a portion of the whatever you make of mm-hmm. the book to the families. I wonder what his reaction would be. I don't think he would be adverse to that. It was kind of how they delivered that to him. Yeah, everyone's suing you. <laughs> right. And and he seems so confused by it, too. Like, this is his story. Yeah. Like, his story that he's writing about himself and him being a father to Jeffrey is his story. And they're like, yeah, everyone's suing you. And he's like, what? And, <laughs> and you're not going to get any money at all, at all. All yeah. of it goes away. And he's yeah. like, wait, wait a second. So I just, I don't know. I didn't hate him so much for that because that's how I saw it. Yeah. No, and but again, the they actor was fantastic. The, the actor that played his dad, I, Lionel, I think his name was, but he, the actor yeah. was, was great. The problem I had with him was I couldn't get him being the dad in step, is it step brothers with Will Ferrell, like out of my <laughs> yes. head. I'm like, Oh, this is that guy. Like he's terrible with children. Look how bad those two were. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I recognized him, but I didn't remember what from, and I'm glad because yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But another, when I said, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say when I said I felt bad for the mom, I did. It was I didn't like the mom at all. The whole time, God, she was so obnoxiously self-centered, and I just ugh, that's all I have to say about her. Now, the one moment where she wrote that letter and she wanted to kill herself, I did tear up a bit. I thought this is what the show did well. They are very flawed humans. Yeah, and is there a moment where? she did feel very regretful and in that little piece that i got to glimpse you know my heart ached for her mm-hmm. and for the situation for everybody uh so i just thought they did a good job of that see i also could not stand the mom but i actually felt kind of worse for her because i felt like she used and they do the show does a great job of showing you her own mental health battle from the time she would, you know, Jeffrey was conceived through her actually leaving him there. I think he was a teenager when she left and left him there for the summer or whatever. Um, but then you see her battle and then you see where she ends up at this um, counseling center and she's helping other people. I think that was her way. Uh, maybe, and maybe the book was the dad's way of doing it. And this me projecting my outward you know, father out on that guy, like, well, you're a shitty dad, dude. But like, maybe I just felt more bad. My bad grammar. I felt worse for the mom because I think she tried to solve or find some sort of, uh, internal fixing for what had happened previously through helping other people, which you see her in this clinic. I think she does that or at least tries to, um, because there's that one scene that was really well where she is with the young black gentleman and he gets a report, uh, his results back that he does not have AIDS. And she's like more like crying and upset and he's like happy. And it's just like the whole scene is just done really. I'm explaining it very poorly, but she, no, like, the whole scene is done really well. Cause this guy just found out that he doesn't have this uh, illness. And then she is, I think I forget what happened to her, but it was just like, this guy's probably at the happiest he could possibly be. And she's at the lowest point of her life. And like, it's just crazy to see how well the acting was. And again, we keep saying that the acting was done so well, but I think you also have to contribute that to the writing. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. See, we felt opposite and maybe I wonder if it's our role as parents 
because I felt more for the dad. Her, um, I did like how she turned her life around, but even when they offered her the job, and she was like, oh, me and what I've been through and what I've been through and me. And I was just like, oh, God. And I get like she's helping other people and that's good. And I loved that scene, too. That was another scene where I felt for her. Yeah. Where it took me out of this disdain for her. And I was like, oh, um, but just the way she treated him. And even, you know, despite everything, she was never she never was there for him. She wasn't sitting in by court, sitting in court by him. She didn't go to see him in prison. It She for a very long time, she thought that it was her fault at all. Yeah. And so I just really, really did not like her and felt that dad was trying the best he knew how yeah i mean i like the the comparison you make i want i would think it probably is that is as our role as parents and you know seeing that person act a certain way that we could not fathom acting is that in that role right yeah i would be uh, like the dad in the sense not when he was younger of course not but um if one of my children did something like that what did i do wrong what did i contribute what's in me um and i would be right there in court weathering mm-hmm. the storm with them i would visit them in prison i would you know th- so i think that's why i had a little bit more um compassion sensitivity to him than yeah. her who's just like you know what I don't want to have anything to fucking do with that. I am healed, and now I am living my life over here. Uh huh. No, <laughs> I mean, me. <laughs> I agree with you. I didn't like either of them, and just from a, um, a, a sensitivity standpoint for their circumstances, I think I felt worse for the mom just because I felt like the dad, and they showed us more of the dad too, which I don't think helped because he was in it more than the mom was, and I think you just see him consistently have opportunities to actually help his kid and he just continues to pawn him off like he he runs and stays at the hotel for the whole i think it was the summer maybe not but for months with this woman who ends up being his wife uh good for him uh molly molly ringwald played his wife right yeah Yeah. yes so good for him um but then he comes back and he sees that this kid has been left here to fend for himself and then i think his answer is to send him to college so he sends him to ohio state he does. Well, they move in together. Okay. They he does move in with his wife into that home, and That's then right. I think they send him to Ohio State. But like to do something with himself because he's just drunk around the house right. all the time. Yes, clearly alco- an alcoholic goes goes yeah. to Ohio State. I think he fails out, or I forget how he got kicked out of there. But he's out of there. Then I think he sends him to the military. Then he pawns him off on his grandmother, and it's just like. I get it, and I'm I'm sure that, and again, we have to keep in mind this isn't a documentary, right? It's a uh, yeah. glorified show. So they're doing these things on purpose, and some of the things I'd read said that they definitely embellished on certain aspects of it. Um, so I don't, maybe that was one of them. I don't know. Um, but in certain instances, I feel like it was like, dude, you had multiple opportunities to help this kid, and you just continually, in my opinion, just wanted him, get, basically pawned it off on somebody else to take care of it. Oh, I like that view of it. I saw it differently. I saw it as he was trying so hard because it was like here and then here and then here and then here. 
Um, but we didn't have time for the gaps of time in between those different choices. Mm -hmm. And I saw him desperately trying to find something that would click for Jeffrey so that he would actually have a life, a productive life where he would make something of himself. So we thought college, okay, not college. What are you going to think? Military for sure is going to whip this boy into shape. Nope. And that when he went into the military, wasn't that right around when he had molested that boy? Uh, it, um, no, no, he was after, already back. Cause didn't he do that at the, yeah. did he do that at the house or did he do it at his apartment? I think he did it at, Oh, this is the one that got house. away and then he at gets the his... house. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think you're right. I think he went to military and that's when he was drugging guys there. And he's just trying to find where Jeffrey. Now, if we think about why he didn't have him live with him, he is married to somebody now. And the way Jeffrey is and bringing people home and Mm -hmm. this and that, um, maybe for the sake of his marriage, he thought it would be better if he was living with his grandma, so he's kind of independent but still has someone watching over him versus pawning him off. Just like I felt like he was just trying to find the best spot for him, the best opportunity yeah. for him. He definitely should have just took him in, but I mean, I don't know. Well, I also think we have to mention that this was... When did this... Was this the 90s? I, I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, Yeah, 80s. 90s so it was 91 was when he was caught okay so this is in the 80s right probably early 80s early to mid 80s and a father in the 80s is a lot different than me fathering in 2022 right like it's the the mindset is different um the way things are approached the way that dads uh chose to or how society expected them to act as a lot different than the way that people my age parent now, right? Yes, 100%. Um, you were harder. You had very little patience for anything that wasn't considered normal. Um, you were the breadwinner. You went out. You you know, traveled. You did what you needed to do to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that that also played in, and it's probably Jay, uh, Jade's my perspective of. Not that I, you don't work really hard to put food on the table. I don't. Saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I, I do think that it clouds my perspective of how men uh, view things then like because it's easy for me to sit here and be like oh this is how I would have done it or this is how he should have done it but like at that point in time he was probably drastically embarrassed of this kid yeah this in my opinion versus yeah versus and there is oh, oh sorry go ahead. no you're good no, go, go ahead nope go I was gonna say versus now where we as parents I think you'd probably agree with this we look we don't care if our kids are different sometimes we kind of don't mind that our kids are different than everybody else because it makes them unique and they're doing what they perceive or whatever makes them happy. And I, for me, that is all I want is my kids to be happy. And I feel like with that dad, he didn't really care if Jeff was happy. He just kind of wanted him to be normal and fit into normal society and check boxes. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you put that. Just check boxes just like he had to. Exactly. Up, he got you know went 
went to college or whatever he did. I don't know what he did. Got married, had children, worked a job, you know, and that's exactly what he wanted for Jeffrey as well. Yeah, completely agree. But now the real question. If Jeff had felt comfortable having those conversations with maybe his dad, maybe whoever, do you think that he would have went the route he went? Such a good question. I mean, that's a really good question because he seemed like several times he wanted to talk about it when he was younger. So if he was able to talk about it fully and and people wouldn't placate him or say, oh, no, 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 that I'm sure that's not how you feel. You're fine. You're fine. Like if they listened and they're like, OK, I really want to do these things. These are thoughts I had. And he went to therapy and they would have had to place him on drugs and they would have maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. The one. So I. Oh. I don't know that there is a right or wrong answer to this question. My opinion of the matter, and it goes back to a conversation he and his dad had, because he was trying to tell his dad what was going on with him. And I think he had already killed somebody at that point. Um, I forget, but I, I believe they were in their house before Jeff had his own apartment. There's actually two yeah. times. There's two times. There's one before the apartment. There's one him and his dad are sitting in Jeff's apartment, and he goes to tell him basically how, that he's gay that he has feelings for men, et cetera, which I think his dad was already aware of, but Jeff had never came out and said it. Um, and his dad cuts him off. Well, both on both occasions, his dad cuts him off. And one time he changes the subject. The other time he, uh, I think he, I forget exactly what happens, but later, whenever he, the dad tells his wife, you know, I, this is all my fault. I had those same feelings when I was a kid or when I was Jeff's age, I remembered back to those scenes and I was like, he knew what he was going to tell him and he purposely didn't let him tell him because he didn't want to know, or he didn't want to hear him say it. Yeah. I wondered about that. I had the same thoughts. If it was really what, if he really fully understood what Jeffrey was talking about and feeling like the kind of thoughts and intensity those thoughts had over him versus like I was mentioning before oh I've thought of you know what a human heart looks like before because he dissected things or mm -hmm. I was really angry at somebody before and wanted to kill him like really really did you have those thoughts could you possibly understand or maybe that's the take maybe you're right Maybe he knew and he didn't want to acknowledge it. I felt through the whole series that he had, that what he was shutting down was uh, not really wanting to know that his son was gay mm -hmm. versus that he wants to kill and dismember people. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that that's, that's probably what it was. I don't know that he knew he was killing people. I think he just thought that he was, uh, you know, like guys and that he didn't want to hear him say that. But I don't... Because <sighs> that was really not accepted back then. Oh, absolutely. Still, so... And his mother, he grew up religious because his, his mother, the grandmother, was very religious. I yes. mean, the dad grew up religious because the grandma was religious or his mom... 
So I don't think he just, he didn't, he thought it and didn't want to believe it. And when it came to a point where he was going to share it with them, he's like, no, no, I'm not ready yeah. for this. Right. Yeah. And then, like I said, the dad cuts him off a couple times. Um, and that was one thing I, I also wondered. Do you think that he sent him to live with the grandma because she was so religious and he thought that would... Because when he first moves in, the grandma pretty much begs him to go to church with her a lot. Yeah, I thought I read something. Um, I can't remember exactly, but there was something along those lines that he thought that that would be a good home for him because his grandma's attentive. He would have his own space, um, but his grandma is still there. She's very religious, very kind. There was like tons of really loving, lots of really nice stuff said about this grandma and that that would be a nurturing place for him. That, that makes sense. See, now you're making me come around on the dad. I don't know if I like that or not. <laughs> oh, man. So one of the things I read was that Ryan Murphy had told Evan Peters and other people on the set basically that this story was supposed to be through the victim's eyes and not through Jeffrey's eyes, essentially. Um, do you think that came across that way? Definitely more of the victim, for mm. sure. Uh, it it would have been a very different experience if it was purely through the victim's eyes and no bit of Jeffrey. So to, to answer your question, no, definitely we had a lot through Jeffrey's eyes and what he was thinking and feeling and the victim's eyes. So I guess I, I disagree with that. I think it was more through Jeffrey's eyes than it was the victims, mm -hmm. but I did like how much they gave of the victim. They could have totally given more, but I just liked having that. So, so many, even like Ted Bundy or any of these shows, it's just all about the serial killer, the victim is just there. You see the person. Maybe you don't even know their name. They're mm -hmm. killed. And then it's all about serial killer. I didn't think they did that in this one. Yeah, I agree with you. I, In my opinion, I think that it probably would have been really hard. They were, in my opinion, they were fighting a losing battle in doing that because I don't know that any of those families, because from what I hear, they didn't contact any of these families to use their names or anything like that. Um, but obviously these, these victims are dead. They are, they can't, uh, give their side of the story. They can't tell you exactly what happened. I know there's a ton of interviews and a ton of, uh, books and whatnot written about Jeffrey Dahmer where he gave interviews and, and kind of told his side of what happened. But I think that, you know, Ryan Murphy, the writers of this were probably fighting an uphill battle. I, I commend what they were trying to do with, you know, shedding light on it that, you know, and all these, and cause true crime is huge right now. And it's generally like the uh, Gacy one that just came out. It, it's all about the, the Ted Bundy one. It's all about the killer and doesn't really pay any contribution to the victims other than their victims that this person had killed. And I think while they tried to do it, I don't know that I don't know how they could have done it any better in my opinion without having sit sat down with that person and actually got what happened from that person. Cause they obviously had to just kind of piece and part and embellish a lot of stuff um, while also making it entertaining, right? Because this is obvious. If this, if this is, is, is not entertaining, nobody's going to watch it anyway. So, yeah, this was something that I struggled with a little bit. 
So I obviously really enjoyed it as a show. I thought they did a phenomenal job. Um, But on the other hand, I can totally understand the victims are like, stop it already. Just stop it. Can you imagine? Don't imagine. But hypothetically, can you imagine having a child that was killed by someone, a really famous case, a really famous case? You would never even want to go online. I don't even know if I'd have internet. Yeah. Like you couldn't go anywhere without being re-traumatized constantly. And I feel a little guilty about watching it. Mm-hmm. And then a little guilty that I was trying to talk about it on the <laughs> podcast. And thinking of these families. So I did dive into that. And the, the families were upset. They were not contacted. And I was chatting about that with my husband. I mean... It would have been, it probably would have been good to contact them to see if they wanted to take part. Um, and then on the other hand, they're probably going to have a bunch of people saying, no, don't make this. And they're going to make it anyways. Right. So um, I did watch half of the Dahmer tapes, Conversation with a Killer. And it seemed like that was a lot of where they got the story from was the interview with Jeffrey and then all of the different law enforcement people and all of that. So it's really following along what you see in the series, okay. just like their first hand accounts. Um, but what I wanted to say was I was thinking about when you, it's the embellishment part. So there are things we just don't know. And so to fill the story, you're going to make your best guess and you're going to embellish a bit or for example the woman that lived next door to him didn't actually live next door she lived in a different building but she did call the police and all of that Mm -hmm. so when you're you know turning something into a movie or a series sometimes one character becomes many so she became all of the neighbors so everything was true about the smell and everything but she herself didn't live there but she became all of the neighbors another example i have is um i don't know if you've seen dead man walking with uh with sean penn and it's based on a true story with sister helen perjohn who would go and um counsel death row inmates so in her book there's multiple death row inmates that she in, that she counsels but in the movie those aspects of all of them are within one sean penn's character okay so it's because we can't have like 10 main characters right. all over the place but so we understand that's why they do it that's why it works but then as the victim saying i didn't live there i didn't say that yes like when is it not okay is it ever not okay because it's a story or right the I one that really that. got me was, especially after I found some of the stuff, I didn't know all of that, but uh, Abby, my wife, had, had researched a lot of it. She got really into it and was like, oh, you know, the, the smell coming from the apartment didn't smell like rotten meat. It was a chemical smell. And the lady that lived next door didn't really live next door. She lived in another building. And it was like, okay. But the one that really bothered, I think, well, it did bother me, but if it were me in that position was the one that, uh, I forget the guy's name, but it, see, I've already forgot the victim's name. I'm terrible. Um, is it Anthony? Is it the one that they actually date? Yes. Anthony. Yes. And they have not only conversations that he and Jeff had, which could have, if, if Jeffrey told that story, maybe that happened. Maybe it was different than what he said. But the one that would have bothered me was the conversations he and his mom had 
in the show because they didn't talk to his, I think it was his mom or his grandma. I think it was his mom, but they didn't talk to her. So they didn't get that firsthand knowledge of what was said. He's dead. So he can't, you know, relay that information or what was said. So it's like, I just couldn't imagine having my child that happened to my child. And then on TV, there's somebody playing me having a conversation with my child that, you know, theoretically may or may not have happened. But everybody that watched that is going to take that for truth, and and that is, that is what everybody's going to think happened. And while I don't think that it made either of them look bad, it's just I couldn't imagine watching that. How painful that would be. Yeah. Did they? Did she say that those conversations didn't happen? Because I did look up, um, because she was one of the people that was saying they didn't happen that way. And so everything I was reading about it didn't happen that way. The one thing that she was really highlighting was Jeffrey didn't um, contribute money or help, you know, the search party looking for Anthony. Um, and I wondered, that's why I started, actually, that's why I started watching the conversation with a killer, because I was trying to see is that something that Jeffrey shared that he did do that? Because in the show, it shows that they didn't know he was there. Yeah. Um, but that was the one thing that I, I found and obviously the relationship piece. I believe she also said she knew that he just didn't, I, I believe that he didn't just take him home and kill him. Like he did the others because he had talked about his friend, Jeffrey doing work for his friend, Jeffrey. So they don't know if he went on photo shoots with them or different mm -hmm. things like that, but he obviously didn't kill him right away, I guess. So really was that a relationship? I was just curious. Did he find, is it from other interviews through the past of, you know, his friends, Anthony's friends or something that they got that I was really trying to see like, what is, what is true that you got from something and what is just total bullshit? I was waiting because the one friend, so it's that whole episode is about that Anthony character. I think um, he's got three friends or two friends at the beginning of it because they're all three deaf, correct? Um, yeah, yeah, I think they are. And the one or, guy dies. Or, yes, yes, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, it, uh, the one guy dies and then it's just the two of them. So I was waiting on them like toward maybe the end of the episode to maybe where that friend talked to the police and that's where they got these statements or, but it was just, it was almost just like, so let's just say Jeffrey Dahmer, the real Jeffrey Dahmer gave the writers or who had the interviewers this information. And that's where Ryan Murphy got this from. Like, who's to say it's even true that, that that is exactly how it happened or what happened because we saw earlier in the show where he was having hallucinations, like with the boy, the kid that he watched run every day, and then he goes out and he's going to attack this kid. And for five to seven minutes, this kid comes back to his house with them, and they have a beer, and they sit and have a conversation, and the camera pans out, which was great directing camera work. Uh, the kid's not really there. So this is all happening in Jeffrey's head. So it's like, well, how much of all of this was just in his head? And if this isn't supposed to be from his point of view, it's supposed to be about and for the victims – like, I, I don't know. That's just why I was kind of like, I don't know that this is, whole thing is simpatico to me. Yeah. No, it's a really good point. I didn't get to the point where in the conversation with the killer yet where it involves Anthony. So I'm not sure mm. yet what he says about about it. Um, So far, everything he's sharing is like on point with what you see in the series. Okay. Anyways. So that seems to be where they pulled a lot of the source material from then. 
Yeah. And if the families, I mean, so here's the thing, totally understandably, the families want nothing to do with it. Um, so what do you do if you want to make this, make this story, right? You go through historical interviews, anything that happened during the time, anything that the family said in the newspaper, just anything that you can piece together. And then you go, Jeffrey was more than happy hours and hours they, the police were saying I, I saw in this this documentary the police were saying or no his lawyer was saying stop talking and he's like no i want to tell every, i want to tell them everything i'm caught i'm caught like the why i'm going to tell them everything there's there's so much in my apart- apartment what i mean i'm just going to tell them right and what i like about that not that i liked it i think what he did was great or anything but like what i see in the storyline is is that he's wanted to tell. I feel like he's always wanted to to tell this stuff. Like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. And now that he has, at the end of it, the opportunity to actually talk, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to tell everything that I've always did, that I've done. That because I always felt as I was watching it that he wanted to get caught. Because I and the other thing I like about this show is that they don't make him like this um joker from the batman evil genius for the most part the stuff this guy does is really dumb yeah and he theoretically should have been caught multiple times and slipped through the cracks for various reasons right here is another controversy of the show um the policing the judge and the one scene that stuff um which we can definitely get into but it's like he wasn't this super genius for for the most part he did some really dumb shit and probably should have been caught and in other circumstances would have been caught, but he had just been shut up his whole life. And then he has this opportunity to talk now and he's just telling everything. And they even showed that in the show, which I thought was really good. Yeah. It's ridiculous that he literally doesn't even need to try. Oh yeah. No, he's not a kid. This is my boyfriend. He's drunk. You know? Okay. Like, yeah, he doesn't even need to try to cover it up. It almost like yeah i agree with you like he wants to get caught and then when he does he's like please, multiple times please kill me let's do the death penalty um please just take me out and shoot me i should be killed for what i'm doing i'd wondered in prison when he started to just like make all those jokes and just ugh, become just disgusting mm-hmm. was not that he was disgusting the whole time i mean like <laughs> you don't see this side of him though where right. he's making fun of what's happened if it was that his being infamous like the letters he was getting was getting to his head or he was trying to piss people off enough so that they would kill him that's true because i think in the show when that happens isn't it after he finds out they're not bringing death the death penalty back yeah and all of this that's after they find he's not bringing the death penalty back and so now he starts making these really disgusting blatant for everybody jokes Yes. I thought he was trying to egg people on so someone would kill him. But then they did add that element of where he was getting fan mail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I wasn't sure. I was wondering what you thought. I think that's a good point because I saw that change in his personality as well. And I didn't know if it was because they do a good job earlier in the show of showing he didn't have any friends in school and he would act really goofy to try to make friends. And he would like... He was basically like the court jester, for lack of a better term, that he would go and he would do dumb stuff to get attention. And he like thought these people were his friends, but they really weren't. They were just making fun of him. Um, 
and then he has a hard time meeting people, as you see. Even when he goes to the bar and stuff, they they some of the people still kind of make fun of him and uh and and pick at him. But then you see he's like starts to get fan mail and he becomes popular and he has a comic book about him to where people look at him. I don't know that people look at him as a superhero, but in the comic book they made him out to be some sort of superhero. And it makes me wonder if what you said is very a very viable solution that he could have been trying to get somebody to do harm to him because he couldn't do it himself or the state wouldn't do it. But also it makes me wonder if he's liking this because he had never had that sort of confidence before and now he's in comic books and he's got people writing to him. They're sending him pictures and money. Um, his yeah, dad's, I mean, that's a good point. I'm yeah. sorry. No, you guys can say his dad's writing a book about him. Like he even asked his dad a couple of times, how's the book going? How are the book sales? So it's, it makes me wonder if that went to his head and he was finally like, okay, I'm just going to embellish this character and because people like it. So people finally like me. Yeah. People finally like him. This thing, this dark part of him, this dark passenger he's had for so long that he you know hated and made him a monster okay by the way he's still a monster but to him people are celebrating it now right maybe maybe i'm not so bad <laughs> or or maybe and again i i hate that we're even i think this is a, another large controversial aspect of the film is that it's made or the film the show that it's making people kind of sympathize with them which i don't know that we're sympathizing with them but we are kind of we're just having a conversation, in my opinion, so it's fine. But I think that it was the fact that he was alone for so long and he felt different because he was different, but he felt like what he was going through was bad. Like it should he shouldn't be doing it. He's a bad person. I should I should they should kill me for what I've done, I think he says multiple times. Um, but now he's not alone in it, right? Because people are out like he's like, Oh, other people do feel this way. Other people feel the same way that I feel. People have these same urges and these same wants and desires that I have when in reality, do those people really, or are they just trying to ride that wave? Like we saw with, um, uh, the guy out in California, the, um, Richard Ramirez, we saw the same thing with him. He got all this fan mail and these women loved him. And I think, um, Charles Manson, dude, didn't he get married in prison? He married one of his yeah. fans. Like, you see that with these people. And it's like, again, he probably felt some sort of um, camaraderie, right? Because he never had that. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted, this is something I wanted to talk about, actually, what you mentioned about sympathizing with him. And I think that's why people have an issue with it as well. But I think this is why I like it as well. We want to be able to say this person is a disgusting monster and he is he's a horrific person but he is a human mm -hmm. and it makes people uncomfortable that this human may have sides to them after doing something so horrific that where you have moments of understanding or um, feeling bad for the situation or uh, hopefulness that he could be better after everything he did. And then he has this love story. I, you know, I found myself thinking, oh, could he have been, could he have been better? 
you know, could, could yeah. he have lived a normal life and fallen in love with the right person? And this, people don't like that, but guess what? It's real. Mm -hmm. They're real people with many different sides doing horrific things. He absolutely got what was coming to him. But I, I, I think that that made it really good he like you mentioned he wasn't the joker lurking in the dark right you know all creepy and massively evil he's massively <laughs> evil but he's a human i think that makes people yes. uncomfortable i agree with you i think it also makes, pe makes people uncomfortable to see that just that that he was not this evil genius he wasn't he didn't have this grand plan that he had been plotting out for years um it was just it happened this is the way he was a lot of things led to it i think over time um, but it's scary because you look at a lot of these people and it's, it could be your neighbor. It could be your uncle. It could be your cousin. It could be the guy down the street. It's like, and you don't know uh, the lady next door to him knew the whole time. They just wouldn't listen to her. Yeah. So infuriating. <laughs> oh, <laughs> could you imagine? Crazy. I couldn't imagine having called and called and called and called and called and then nothing. Just nothing. How absolutely enraged you would be after finding out how many people he hurt. Oh. You know, with this documentary, I don't know why. Well, I know why it hit me so much this time. I was thinking about the internet and how really cool it is that we have access to so much information and different types of information. We can be in the know, we can learn how to do things, you know, all kinds of the great stuff. And also it's just a little too much as well, because I, I had a lot of times when I walk, watch shows like this, like when I watched Inventing Anna, or I just watched something, oh, the Gabby Petito story I watched the other night. When I'm watching something that's based on something real, I'll Google it uh, to see what aspects are true. Um, like that inventing Anna, whenever she took a picture, they built that whole thing around her Instagram. And so you could see, oh, this is like the real thing. So when I searched, I searched because um, uh, I had forgotten what his name was. I was right in the middle of watching it. Jeffrey Dahmer victim who was a model because I wanted to see Anthony and I wanted to see like I thought maybe they would have his modeling pictures and I wanted to learn more about him what I saw was horrific and that was I just saw like uh like everything that was in the fridge oh. it was right there it was right there it was like the first thing that popped up it was right there really and I closed it and I'm like <laughs> why does anybody need that I saw it like real, like real heads and stuff like right there. And I closed down the internet and thought, oh my God, if I, again, if I was a victim's family member, I would never, ever go online. Right. I'd be terrified. How horrible. Nobody needs to see that. That's horrible. Do you, so my mom and I have this conversation all the time because she thinks the world is crazy. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people are terrible. I don't know. I don't know why people would bring kids into this world. And I'm like, I don't know. I, maybe it is, but I'm an optimist. So I, I'm thinking it's not. I don't know that the world is any more crazy than it ever has been. I just think we have so much access to information now. Whereas if something happened in the town I live in, where you live at, 
years and years ago, you would have never had any idea that the guy three houses down was eating his wife and had a bunch of dead people in the basement. Maybe at that level you would have, but some of the stuff we find out about now, like now if that happened, you'd probably know about it. I mean, you may know about it before I know about it because of the way that information travels. So while I think it maybe it is a little crazier than it was back then, I think we also have a lot more access to information and it's easier to hear about all the bad things that go on. Not to mention, I think the media is also, they make a ton of money off of it. It's clickbait. It's, it's negativity. More people click on bad negative things than positive things. It's just the way people are wired, I guess. But so I think that if that's how you make your money, that's what you're going to shove out to the masses. Right. So I think that they look for those things and send it out. So you see more of it. So I don't, I don't know if there was a question in there, but I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, I went through a period where I, I was just, I think I said, I think 40% of people are like rapists and, or, and, or killers. And my husband's like, Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I know you're not good at math. And that particular statement, just, did you know what that would be like if you stepped outside of this house? He's like, absolutely. There's no way he's also an optimist. Okay. He's like, no, this is a very, very, very small percentage. And I'm like, I don't think it's a small percentage, especially when it comes to sexual predators, I think, and unfortunately is a really high percentage. Um, but I may be serial killers and stuff like that. I do agree with you. He, he had to talk me through it. And I agree. There's billions of people and what we're being fed is all the negative all the terror all the people doing horrible things and not the people that are just normal like i have to tell myself you know there's lots of normal families that don't hurt you know chain their kids up into the basement there's lots of normal people (laughs) that aren't trying to snatch your kids or stalk you in the parking lot but then there's our people that are and so <laughs> but there are right there you are. <laughs> but yeah that that stuff all you know may have already been re- happening a lot of it i would imagine back then even more so because it's i think it would be easier to get away with it no dna no fingerprints all of that sort of yes. thing that was probably happening all the time and we just didn't know right I, I agree with you. Um, I'm glad your husband talked you off that ledge, though, because that 40%, that's scary. <laughs> it's a right. lot of people. It's a lot of people. <laughs> but I think we're triggered to think the worst of people. For instance, we had a garage sale. That, Abby had a garage sale. Uh, it was like Thursday through Sunday or something. So I, I, can't, I, can't, I hate garage sales. I can't stand them. I don't save stuff. If I don't want it, I either give it to somebody that wants it or it gets thrown out. I don't keep the stuff, okay? So we had a we had a garage That's sale. That's my husband too. That, I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't want to sell it to somebody. If you want it, you can have it. So we have this garage sale, and I get this text message from Abby. It says SOS. I'm like, what the fuck? What is it? You're having a garage sale. What's going? On? So I go outside, and there was this this old creepy guy. He had like camouflage on. He had like a hat on, and she was uh, had texted me. She's like, hey, I, you got to get this guy out of here. Like he's been here too long, etc. So it's like, okay. So I go out and I talk to the guy and he ends up leaving. He's just some old guy. Well, this was like, I don't know, last four to six months ago. We'll say six months ago to make my story sound better. So she's like, I'm, we got to get a security system. This guy's going to come back and he's going to attack us when you're not here. We're going to have all this problem with these. I like her. 
we never have seen this guy again, never whatever. He told us a few things about him that we knew. But anyway, long story short, this past weekend, we were at a family function and that story got brought up. And my brother-in-law is like, wait a minute. Did he, he like describes the guy to a T and we're like, yeah, that's him. He's like, that's my uncle. That guy is harmless. <laughs> Yeah, so six months, my wife's been living in fear that this old man in camouflage <laughs> is going to come back and kill her. And my brother-in-law in Tucson, he's like, no, that guy, he's harmless. Like, I, I, he's my uncle. Like, I've noticed I was a kid. Well, you know, though, I really like your wife. And I think, <laughs> you know, she, you guys are going to be okay because she's on high alert. Yes. And she's, she's looking out for you guys. Yeah. Okay. I have a garage sale story. Okay. Okay. So I was, when my first two daughters were little and I was in my first marriage, we had a garage sale and this man came over and he was spending a lot of time at the little porcelain dolls, the little kids toys, stuff like that. And me being super nervous and hypersensitive, I was like, no, actually I take that back. I shouldn't set a super. I am super nervous and sensitive, but um, there was something about him. And I just kept looking at him like, oh, gosh, there's something about this guy. And he was asking how much the dolls were and this and that. And so I asked my um, husband at the time to come out and, you know, watch the garage sale. And I went in and I don't know if you do this, but I um, get those alerts from Megan's Law. Any predators? I do not. It's a website. It's a website. You could put your address in and sign up for a certain like mile, two miles, three miles, whatever circumference around your house. And if any registered sex offenders move into that area, you're alerted and you're sent their picture, their information and what type of crime they did. It's Megan's law. I'm writing this down right now. <laughs> so every time I move, I sign up our address for Megan's law. And so I went in and I logged in because I just, he looked familiar and I was so curious and he was a sex offender. Stop it. Really? Yep. He was, my house was, he was just like two blocks over. That's why I recognized him because he was in our immediate area. Mm. And I went out and he was like, he had the dolls and I took the dolls. I said, you need to leave. You're not having these dolls. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, care it's just get, get out <laughs> of here like, you gotta go kids. you gotta go um and so hey there i had a go. scary one that turned out to be and he was your neighbor yeah see it could be anybody it could be your neighbor could be they, this and these guy are may just be the ones that are registered they're just registered that's true aren't there a lot of people that are registered that maybe aren't that bad of a person though so you and my husband need to meet. You're going to be the best <laughs> friends ever because he does the same thing. He's very he's very sensitive to me and the way I think, mm -hmm. and I appreciate that. But there was there was somebody actually in our neighborhood here who has lived here for a while and has a wife, and I guess is really happy. Not anymore, unfortunately, but um, but it it got posted on a Facebook site that he was actually a registered sex offender. So now I think I think they were kind of just shunned out of the community. I don't really know. Uh, I don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, but my husband was saying, what if like what 
it, there's all sorts of reasons why. And it's very unclear when you go on, you know, lewd and lascivious acts. What does that mean? Like, what exactly does that mean? And he was saying, which I agree, it should have more about exactly what happened. It doesn't have to say, like, who the person was, but more than this kind of, like, legal right. term for whatever they did. So you can have a better idea. Mm-hmm. My take is I, I'm not risking it. I don't care. I don't need them as friends. I am not going to post their picture everywhere and destroy their lives. Right. I'm also not going to be their friend. If I was, if, uh, you know, I went to an event and they were there, I would probably leave. I wouldn't make a scene though, but just to be careful, just to be safe. It's not worth my kids putting them in jeopardy. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, that happens. Hmm. I think I'm, I'm, I would lean more toward you or where you're at with that. Cause like, I, while I, hope for the best for that person. I don't want my kids to be the ones that uh, have to deal with that. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to, in order to make sure that person uh, does not feel victimized and feel safe. Right. Need to put me and my family out there, but I'm also, again, not going to take, take them down. I think you should. My job. (laughs) 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 protect my family because my husband asked me he's like what if you found out that one of our little girl's friends fathers was like was on that list Mm -hmm. Um, but it was like for this you know not anything like i don't know we didn't really know what what it was i'd say she wouldn't be friends with them anymore i don't know what to say she can play in school but it's just not worth the risk right the I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but for us, we our kids, their friends are allowed to come here, but our kids don't go anywhere else unless we're there. So they can go like birthday parties where we're at and stuff like that, but they don't do sleepovers at other people's houses uh, unless it's like my sister or my mom's house. That's it. But um, so we wouldn't have to deal with that anyway because we have a built-in excuse. But uh, no, I mean I see what you're saying. Do you think if Jeffrey would have been was he on a list? Did they ever say? No, I don't think they had that back then. Ah. They didn't have that predator database back then. I also found it fascinating that the one kid got away and then his somehow he ends up with his brother. His brother would went back with him? Yeah, they I did read something that that boy didn't know there's a little like i don't controversy but there's a little argument there that that boy did not know that or did not recognize that jeffrey dahmer was the person who molested his brother okay hmm because they make a big deal about that in the show because i think he and jeffrey have an entire conversation about it yeah they do okay they do but there's some feedback that he didn't know hmm Interesting. So you told me while you're watching it, there were, were there scenes you had to turn off or there were the scenes that were hard for you to get through? I tell people when they are starting it that I felt the first two episodes were the hardest. And then after that, I didn't, they were definitely painful mm-hmm. and disturbing, but I felt definitely the first two, especially the second one. And that's when I talk to people, a lot of them drop off after that second episode with the little boy um or yeah that's when people decide you know what i don't i can't continue with this yeah well i mean that's understandable that's there's a yeah. lot of um 
I, and I watch this stuff. As do you. We watch this stuff all the time for the podcasts we watch, but I or that we do. But I wonder if if this is harder because one, it's based on actual events, and two, the portrayal of it wasn't. I don't want to say it wasn't glorified. Like it, it wasn't done like it would be in a horror movie. It was done like you were sitting in a room with these two people and you were just kind of like a fly on the wall watching it happen and are like telling the play, like, get out of there. Like, what are you like? Don't go back. Like, stop. Like, don't go in there. Like, you know what I mean? It was like you are there with them. I thought the way they did it was really well versus how it would be done in like a horror movie where, you know, there's like the score in the background and oh, the person stopped and didn't go in and then they backed out, but then they ultimately ended up going in. It was like, this was just very, felt like how it would really happen. Yeah. And I think that the writing, the writing and, sorry, there's like noise, (laughs) the writing and the acting. Exactly. It felt so real. It was so scary and disturbing. That was a great way to put it. You felt like a fly on the wall like the worst wall possible oh gosh in his bed like do you think he slept in that thing yeah yeah (laughs) he did oh gosh i'm like imagining (laughs) (laughs) for the video version of this people are gonna understand what's going on but the audio only people are like did they drop off what happened our faces i'm just like trying to register like the 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 visual the 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 way the mattress had to have like felt like dirty and gross and like the smell like i don't know i couldn't imagine yeah i was wondering did he like clean up his apartment for anthony because they slept in that bed and there's no way you're getting that blood stain out that's true i didn't even think about that yeah anthony lifts up that that sheet uh, maybe he should have yeah that's gross that's making me kind of want to puke a little bit <laughs> yeah so disgusting oh my uh, god shoot how mad were you at a and this one i could see kind of happening probably is the cops pull him over and he's got the dead bodies in the bag and he's like oh they're yard clippings it's like, eh, okay. But then the judge, the judge one is the one that got me the worst. Um, and then the cops at his apartment were also terrible. But I think the judge for me, out of the three times he almost got caught, it was the judge that really, I just like, my skin was crawling. Yeah, that judge. It, I didn't do any research on that judge on if this is really how it went down or not. I mean, they must have. I mean, there must be court records that, he let him go yeah and was like oh you know he molest okay so this is something that makes my blood boil so bad is how little children are cared for if anything i see these sickos they rape or hurt or kill children or all of the above and they get uh 15 years maybe 20 maybe five um oh but maybe it's a life for I don't know, some other fucking thing. I don't even know, but nobody cares. Like these are people, they are doing this to children. Like it should be elevated. Like this is the, this is the worst type of people. Right. You need to lock these motherfuckers up like real quick, like right now. (laughs) Immediately. 
immediately so he's like molesting kid this kid and he's just like well let's give you another chance like this so and this how sad that dad yes dad and how he couldn't he had a thick accent and he was trying so hard to express his pain and he was just frustrating the judge right infuriating Yes, that that was the point, the part that bug, bothered me the most. And then the son comes up and talks for him, basically, and is like communicating for him. And he's just like, doesn't take anything they say into consideration. And then Jeffrey's dad stands up, and I forget exactly what he asked him, but he's like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. It was yeah. like, you've got to be kidding me, guy. Yeah, this that was so <laughs> disgusting. So uh, disgusting. And even it was really hard to watch them bring that boy back, and no one was just looking out. For that he was did look very young, and I, I so then I did go and look at a picture of him because I wanted to see he did look very young. Yeah, and he's almost unconscious. Like take him back to the drunk tank or something. Is that a real thing? I don't know. I see it in movies. That probably a drunk tank for yeah. people who are yeah. We'll say and yes. There like, is yeah, <laughs> or like I don't know. They just hand them right off, right over. It's it was crazy to me that the if the um if the neighbor was truly there and and agging on the way that she was because she was very adamant that hey this kid is drugged it is a young kid my daughter went to goes to school with him so we know how old he is and they were just like uh yeah then they take him back and i is that when they go into the the apartment so they had to have smelled like the apartment when they were in there yeah, they asked what smelled, and he was saying, "Oh, my fridge went out. The meat." Yeah, the and then meat. remember, he handed the handed the pictures, and he was like, "Just gay things." I yes. saw this is terrible, but I saw a really funny meme <laughs> where there was like all this crazy shit happening, and then Jeffrey Dahmer. It's just gay things, and yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, okay." Oh yeah. Oh, we <laughs> got to get like, out of here. Yeah, just was like, yeah, we got to get out of here. And I guess those comments they made in in the squad car, I need to be deloused and this and that, mm-hmm. that's recorded. And that was something that they actually said. And what infuriated me was then they're getting awards. And then they're... Yes. That was terrible. Terrible. Like they say, and I read somewhere they both got back paid like $55,000. And then I don't know if they really got an award, but in the show, they get like, they're like getting like accolades. Yeah. Some type of honor. Crazy. But it probably, I mean, I don't know. The show embellished some stuff, but I don't know how they would. I don't, I don't, I would hope they wouldn't go that far if that wasn't actually true. But yeah, because they can, they can look that up and see if that actually happened or not. Yeah, but it's like, and again, you have to consider the time, right? Because I think what he did, at least in the show version of it, was smart. He hands them the pictures of the a bunch of naked men because that's what he he lured them back to his apartment by saying he wanted to take pictures of them or whatever. And uh, I I think that he was banking on that creeping those guys out or them being uncomfortable to the point that they just left. Um, but yeah, I don't know how anybody could look at that kid and not know that it wasn't an underage kid that had clearly been drugged. Yeah, I liked how this show also highlighted how the othering of people, how much damage it can do to people, the communities, families, if people weren't so ignorant and hateful towards something different that they weren't used to, like homosexuality, for instance, Mm -hmm. then 
this community could have been more protected. They wouldn't have had to, you know, be secret about who they were or who they were sleeping with or uh, any of that. They wouldn't have had to, you know, go to this like sort of secret underground um they wouldn't have needed those places right. or they wouldn't have needed to be hidden. They could be who they were and people weren't such fucking assholes and just let people be who they wanted to be. And how this othering of them, it, it just like infected and made all of this possible. Like right. it freaked the police out. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh-huh. Um, it made all of his, you know, his, uh, his doings, you know, everything that he, his movements, um, secret, um, almost untouchable because right. of, uh, of the view of, of just to homosexual homosexuality, but also race is also within this. And right. it just made it so easy for him. Well, I think that, and again, I don't, two things I want to touch on first to build off what you just said. I think that the underprivileged neighborhood that he was in, the fact that he was hanging out at these gay clubs, he was hanging out at these, uh, like these hotels or these, don't they call them bathhouses? Is that what they were? Bathhouses. Yeah. Um, where likely the police are not going to go there. Uh, things that happen in those places are not going to get a lot of, uh, uh, priority from law enforcement i wouldn't imagine um but yeah you're exactly right it's it was those two things that combined that made it really easy for him to do what he did and get away with with it for as long as he did um but i also want to touch base i don't think do you think he did that on purpose i don't think this is a smart guy i don't know that he thought okay underprivileged neighborhood gay community i can definitely uh get away with this stuff because of that or do you think it was he was just a product of his environment I know that they, yeah, the, some of the police were like, no, he, he chose these people because it would be missed or it wouldn't be investigated just based on what I saw. I mean, and this is just obviously based on Jeffrey Dahmer's words. Cause even in the documentary, he says adamantly, no, he just went, uh, he was very obsessed with the torso and the male physique mm-hmm. and he went for who he thought was beautiful. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how I took it as well. I didn't think that again because I do not think after watching this, I do not think he was an evil genius. I don't think he put that those two things together, and that's how he came up with where he was going to hunt, where he was going to do all this stuff at. Um, even with the when you include the aspect that he was drugging and killing these people in these bathhouses, and he got kicked out of the bathhouse. And I think the guy, at least in the show, they should make it seem like that guy was also trying to give people a heads up. Like, Hey, this guy's killing people in here. And I think I know they showed the police going in there when one of the guys OD'd or whatever, but I don't know. I feel like it was just uh, the opportunity. It was just uh, the opportunity happened to be there and he just pounced on it. I don't think he planned any of it out. The opportunity was there because of how um, society shunned right. these people that weren't, you know, Caucasian, Christian, religious people, you know. And, I mean, because you can even see, where was he going to move into? This was a place that he could afford. I mean, he was like working as a butcher. Yeah. He didn't have a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. I think he even says that. This is what I could afford. That's why he moved to this neighborhood. But, yeah, you're right about the bathhouses in that um 
the Dahmer tapes documentary, they talk about that, how the bathhouses weren't a bad place. It was where there was a man who used to go to the bathhouses, was talking about it. It was a place where we could be free, where yeah. we could be who we were. We didn't have to worry about anything. The police never went there. They stayed away. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with it. And so we can kind of just be who we were mm -hmm. and be with who we wanted to be with in these places. Uh, so that was definitely, you know, and he, so could he. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The one other thing that I found interesting, which I never knew, and I had, I think the other thing this show does is it gives a better understanding of what happened and who he was because i was just always under the impression because i'm ignorant to to this story i guess was that he was like killing people to eat them that's what i had always thought like he he was just killing people to eat them and i don't after watching this i think i have a better understanding of, of what his driving motivators were and why he ate the body parts. He didn't kill people and eat them to stay alive or for nutrient purposes, right? He was doing it because he had these other feelings and um, desires. And it, it was like almost like eating, because he only ate the hearts, correct? Or he, I don't, I think it was the hearts. He had livers okay. too. Uh, no, and he also ate like the buttocks muscle. I think there was, there was different, different muscle parts. That okay. He, Eight, but he, you're right. He didn't like consume them. Oh, now it's dinner time. It was almost like, uh, to it's like the ultimate closeness. Yes, is the ultimate is a ultimate control and owning of this person. I've now in ingested you. Right. Which wasn't was not how I had in. It was not how I understood this whole stuff. I just thought he killed people, put them in bins, and then he ate them. Like, so. Yeah, because he did. Yeah, he dissolved them to get the bones. And I think some of the things that were in the fridge, because we, uh, you know, associate, we put food in the fridge, of course, but it was almost like a preservation. Yes. Yeah, because there was something in these Dahmer tapes where he was saying, um, like, he would take those things out and masturbate. And I think it was like a preservation uh -huh. sort of thing versus I've, you know, went and hunted a elk and now my freezer's <laughs> full of elk meat. And I could, you know what I mean? Uh, yes. Yes. But that is what I had always. <laughs> I don't hunt elk. I, just <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. You hunt perverts trying to buy dolls out in the front yard. <laughs> I don't hunt them. <laughs> they came to my house. I told them to get out. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, shoot. But it definitely gave me a better perspective of, of what actually transpired and what the driving factors were. And um, so I am, I am not that it just helps me in my everyday life, but I, I now understand the story much better. Um, yeah, I had wondered, are there people that don't know this story? Because I saw this, I don't do Reddit. I'm confused by it. It's something new. Sometimes there'll be a Reddit link to something that I'm looking at. And so then I'll click on it and I'll get down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but then I drop off this show. I saw something I was um, reading about the show and it was like this Reddit user said they, it, it was a terrible show. They hated it. Don't watch it. So I clicked on that to see, because I was like, come on, mm -hmm. I get that you don't like it because it's disturbing like my husband's not gonna watch it he doesn't want to he doesn't 
like that. It's disturbing. Um, but I mean, it was a good it, a show itself. Acting, the cinematography, the show, right. I felt was well made. So we're saying this is a piece of shit show. And I'm like, okay, but hold up. <laughs> Let's see what's going on here. And so I clicked on the link and, and uh, the person said, um, uh, I hate the show. It's it's just a crap show. It's it's way too over the top disturbing. And I commented, I don't know Uh-oh. who who <laughs> says, you know what? I want to watch something. I don't want to be too disturbed though. Yes. Dahmer. That's Dahmer. the one. That's the one That's I would watch. The one. <laughs> That's the one. Maybe I want to be a little scared, a little intrigued, but not disturbed. Yes. I'm picking Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your opinion to me does not count. Now, if you, <laughs> if it's too disturbing and you didn't like it because it was too disturbing, totally get it. Victims' families totally understand. Um, but don't go spreading some bullshit like the show is terrible just right. because you don't right. know how to pick shows. Yes. <laughs> it's the, the, pick a better show for your personality, person on Reddit. Yes. <laughs> but again, did the person really hate it or did they just want to get a bunch of comments on their Reddit post, right? So True. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how it works. I got a message right after saying, oh, you can't post this. You don't have enough karma. And I'm like, I guarantee I have karma. <laughs> but I didn't, know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I was confused. So, that's so you that. can't just post on. I didn't I didn't know that either. See, I'm, I learned something new today. I think some some certain channels and things, you have to have a certain amount of karma points or something oh, wow. like that. Some you can. I mean, mm. I also commented on a, a post about succulents and that posted. So I don't there know. There you go. It must, this person. <laughs> it was very a wild sensitive. night for me, Dahmer succulents. I There's can some. tell you got really crazy. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you got really crazy. Okay. One question I have for you, because I think we've touched on all the topics, unless there's something else you wanted to talk about, which we definitely can. Do you think they introduced John Wayne Gacy at the end, the very last episode or second to last episode. Do you think that they're going to do a show on him now? So I, yeah, I, t- I chatted you all that in our little group chat. I was like, Oh, they might do one about Gacy. <laughs> and then, uh, so I know I got really excited about that. So I think I would, I, I would, I would watch it. Yeah. I don't think there's a really good one about Gacy. I started to watch the Gacy tapes. Okay. Obviously, I don't like Dahmer. I'm just saying uh, it's more interesting Mm -hmm. that he's honest and he, well, honest. I don't know how honest he is, but he's given the story. He seems to be open. He's sharing that fucking John Wayne Gacy dude. I couldn't even stand listening to him talk yeah it it irritated me so bad i just i wanted to just punch him in the face i hate when criminals because i obviously consume a lot of true crime where they're like i didn't do it or they're acting like oh, oh. you know what you did it just yeah. stand up and go i did it right okay i it just irritates me he's he he is talks in these riddles almost he's like yeah you know i, I didn't put those bodies there I know uh, it's my house, but I didn't put those bodies there. But then goes to talk about how we kidnapped the boy or lured yeah. the boy to his home. Right. He's just fucking maddening. So anyways, I wouldn't mind seeing a good, well-made series about that story. I like the Gacy tapes personally because, again, I didn't know anything about the guy's story. All I knew is that he dressed up like a clown. That's the extent of what I knew about him. 
Um, but I found it fascinating how he had like intertwined himself with like the politics of Chicago and like he was like going to these parties and like he had this company and like I found it fascinating because this guy could be anybody out in the world. So it was like, but I agree with you. The guy was infuriating to listen to. And he was another one that it was like, I can't believe they didn't catch this guy. Like it's pretty obvious like what he was doing now i guess hindsight's 2020 but um yeah i would i I would watch it too i i think i'd like it actors seem pretty good i mean in that very small little snippet yes yes and i thought it was interesting they showed Dahmer watching the john wayne gacy stuff on the tv in prison yeah but i made that connection like i'm not the only one (laughs) see (laughs) maybe i'm not a monster i don't think so explanation of this that's what it is that's why you have a podcast to talk out all these feelings imagine how you'd be if you didn't have a podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah well is there anything else you want to talk about the Dahmer, uh the monster of jeffrey Dahmer, whatever the hell it's called I'm taking a look real quick. I don't think so. I think we talked about, I made notes because I wanted to make sure. No, you're, you're better than me. I told you I came in noteless. I get real, you know how passionate I get and how excited. And so I didn't want to spiral and not get some points out. Mm. Well, that's exactly why I asked you to come on. Cause I knew that you would be the one to make me sound like I know what I'm talking about. So thank you. That was a great conversation. I really appreciate being able to chat about it. If you know, I just if you want to experience a really good show and you're you're used to and ready for disturbing things, then I highly recommend the show. If you don't like disturbing things, don't watch the show. Mm. And then go post about it on Reddit though. Make sure you watch like an episode and then go post on Reddit about how it was too disturbing. Yes, exactly. But I am now a huge, huge fan of Evan Peters. Well, that's a positive. I have so much respect for him as an actor. I just, that's why bad acting bugs me so much. (laughs) It's almost like a slap in the face. Yeah. You're slapping me in the face. Mm -hmm. You're showing up and you're giving me shit. When (laughs) I know that there are people that fully fully take on these characters and doesn't have to be a major character i think when tony and i was talking about the new hocus pocus there's the boy the teenage boy it's such a small point but you uh, i mean a small character but he gave his all right i love that i (laughs) haven't i have yet to watch it my daughters keep uh they watched it without me and didn't like it so now it's, it's gonna be very hard for me to get to watch it but um i hope to there's also Building on what you just said, the uh, the little kid from Halloween 2018, he's the one being babysat. He also reminds me of something like that. Like he has a very small role, but he's like one of the ones you remember from the movie because he was so funny. Yes, yes. So yeah, yeah, very similar, very similar. Show up fully, actors, or don't show up at all. That's right. I, all right. What I'm hearing is Josh next time bring notes to the freaking podcast. No, no. <laughs> I know because I'm glad you gave me room to say everything I wanted to say. You didn't clutter, clutter the no. space with all your own stuff. I would never dream of it because like I always tell you guys, you are all much smarter than me. So I appreciate you hanging out with me. Do you want to tell people where they can find two chicks in a horror flick? Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. 
Um, thank you again so much for having me on. You can find Two Chicks and a Horror Flick at Two Chicks and a Horror Flick on Instagram or Two Chicks and a Horror Flick.com. Either of those spots will lead you anywhere else you want to be, including anywhere, our Discord community, our other social platforms, all of it. So at Two Chicks and a Horror Flick. Beautiful. I will put a link in the show notes and um, I'll probably get some fancy video stuff going on when you were talking that'll have all the links as well so people can go check you guys out. But hey, thank you again for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Um, and again, for being my guinea pig for this. Look, look, the cocktail episodes, between you and me and everybody that's listening, the cocktail episodes are the highest downloaded episodes that the horror movie crew have. So awesome yes people enjoy it people enjoy listening to everybody get drunk i'm not drinking currently but everybody get drunk and have a good time so we found the formula (laughs) love it i love being a part of it all right well if there is a john wayne gacy series i am going to hold you to coming back and doing this again you better pick me done deal pick somebody else i'm going to be real bummed (laughs) all right Uh, in that case we're out of here bye